What's up guys and welcome back to another UC Wrestling Podcast. Thank you for stopping by once again to listen to our podcast. And today we are going to be reviewing week one of the Great American Bash. Um, we are going to be reviewing the five matches that um, were scheduled for this week, um, which included the handicap match between Robert Stone, Aaliyah, Rhea Ripley, the number one contendership Fatal 4-Way to determine... Um, you know, who's going to face the Oshirai next um, for the NXT Women's Championship. We also had um, the NXT Women's Champion Oshirai versus one half of the Women's Tag Team Championships, Sasha Banks. And uh, We had a strand match between Dex Lomas and Roderick Strong. And we also had um, Timothy Thatcher versus O'Neill Orkin. So lots to cover here um, on the podcast today. And we are also, at the end of the podcast, going to be predicting week two of the Great American Bash. There were a few matches um, announced for next week, and there's obviously the big um, champion champion versus champion winner-takes-all match next week as well. We will also be predicting that one, so stay tuned to the very end to find that out. Um, there's going to be one tiny announcement I'm going to make before we progress on to review the Great American Bash. Um on the Saturday before Extreme Rules, I will be releasing a podcast and um, reviewing, um, well, not, not reviewing actually, and um, making my predictions for Extreme Rules. And this is going to be a, you know, a monthly thing that um, before every pay-per-view, I will release my predictions. Um, so stay tuned um, for, for that. And um, obviously, I'm pro- it could be the Sunday um, that I make the podcast. It depends when WWE release all their matches. Like, you know, I've announced all of them. Um, because I don't want to miss any out, obviously. So, yeah, that is something to be looking forward to in a few weeks' time. Um, but now we're going to be reviewing the Great American Bash. Thank you for listening to the UC Wrestling Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the UC Wrestling Podcast. Now we're going to be reviewing the Great American Bash, and we're going to review this in different sections. Um. So to kick things off, we are going to be reviewing the first two matches that happened on um, this week's Great American Bash. And obviously the first of those matches was the big Fatal 4-Way elimination match to determine the number one contender for Io Shirai's NXT Women's Championship. Um, So basically, this match was kind of predictable as to what was going to happen I feel like it was a little obvious but um, obviously with the history between Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai and the ongoing feud between Mia Yim and Candice LeRae that you know both those groups were going to go and fight each other and you know the faces would be fighting the heels you know the typical way it goes um, and obviously that was going on for a while and then eventually Tegan Knox and Mia Yim you know, I'd beaten up the heels and then they started fighting each other and then that's when we really got our Fatal 4-Way match underway, um, I would say. Um, Mia Yim was the first to score an elimination um, and she, uh, she pinned Candice LeRae um, by hitting the Protect Yannick and um, my thoughts on this are not too positive, not going to lie to you. I feel as though Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano are meant to build up as you amazing heels and they have really good characters but I feel as though it's first at the In Your House pay-per-view and now on NXT that Candice LeRae gets pinned Um, honestly if Candice LeRae um, 
didn't win this match, but she wasn't pinned first, I wouldn't actually be that mad at it. But the fact she is the one who has to be pinned first really does annoy me quite a bit. Um, I feel like Mia Yim, she's not really getting pushed, and Candice LeRae is one who's need, who needs to push right now um, to, you know, to really pay off her heel turn, but the this really didn't really go the way I wanted it to go. Um, but it is what it is. I mean, I feel as though um, in the coming weeks when we conclude this feud between Mia Yim and Candice LeRae, hopefully Candice LeRae picks up the victory in the end and they actually give her her NXT um, push as a heel that we've all been waiting for. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, the match um, basically continued. Um, and then this led to Mia Yim teaming up with Tegan Knox on Dakota Kai, as you'd think. At this point, I kind of thought um, Raquel Gonzalez would come out, but that never really ended up happening. Um, but yeah. Um, trying to think what um, to go through next. I feel I feel with this, um, it was always going to break down between me and Tegan Knox. That's what I thought anyway. Um, I kind of thought that... Um, you know, Tegan Knox returning Mia Yim, or Mia Yim returning Tegan Knox, uh, or even Gonzalez coming out to help Dakota Kai, but that didn't happen. It ended up with Dakota Kai um basically got basically got got away with it and um, ended up eliminating um Mia Yim with um Mia Yim and um it was a roll up um so honestly there was another roll up in NXT that I'm not too big a fan of but again I feel as though Mia Yim needed to be eliminated or Tegan Knox being eliminated here. Um, to get the Cody Kai to the final two, and what happened next? Actually, the the whole like thing with um Tegan Knox and the Cody Kai feud, I actually really enjoyed that. And the little ten minutes we got here was brilliant. And um, I feels like I feel like this one in one contest was took longer than you know, uh, me Yim and Candice LeRae being in the ring. If you get me, so I feel as though most of this match was Tegan Knox v the Cody Kai, which I was happy with. Um. Obviously, no love was lost between these two former best friends. And um, Knox, um, I think she, she had this really, really good manoeuvre um, uh, using the turnbuckle um, on the Dakota Kai. I can't remember what the move was called, but it was a really nice move. And then she, she had this incredible move off the top rope. And it was this sunset flip, I think. And then lined up um, Dakota Kai for the shine, um, oh, pardon me, for the shiniest wizard. Um, at this, when she was setting up for it, I kind of thought Dakota Kai would um, block it and win the match with a roll-up. But Dakota Kai prevailed and won. Um, and she will be going to face Io Shirai for the NXT Women's Championship. Am I surprised by this? 100% surprised. Kind of thought Dakota Kai or Candice LeRae would win this. Um, but it's going to be Tegan Knox. And I guess um, Tegan Knox's whole story about her redemption, I guess this might actually be the payoff for this. Um, but I don't think she will be beating Io Shirai. Um, anytime soon. Um, I don't think this match was scheduled for next week. Um, however, if this was scheduled for next week, I'd probably say Oshirai was going to win. Um, but yeah, it is what it is. Um, what, what's next for Dakota Kai? I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I was kind of hoping Dakota Kai would go up against um, Oshirai and then afterwards um, she'd go for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. But that doesn't seem to be the case at the moment, so... Honestly, what's next for um, Dakota Kai? I have no clue. What's next for Tegan Knox? Well, she's got a big match for Io Shirai um, for the Women's Championship. I'm wondering when that's going to be announced, by the way, because 
probably for maybe two weeks. But if WWE were thinking smart, I'd think they'd make it for next week. But we'll see. Um, what's next for Candice LeRae and Mia Yim? Well, they have a scheduled match next week, a street fight. Um, so that will be interesting. And I will predict that match later on in the podcast. Um, but overall, this match was... It was a good match. It was exciting to see who was going to win. You know, I really like these Fatal 4 Ways, these number one contendership matches. I really enjoy them. Um, obviously, my main issue with it was that Candice already got pinned first. And my other tiny issue was that Dakota Kai didn't win. But I I can I can live with Tegan Knox going for the title. She has some story behind her, you know, her redemption story. So I, I'm, I'm behind it. Um, my main fear is what is next for Dakota Kai because they really need to, you know, pay off it, her heel turn and it's been what like two months now since she's turned heel maybe even lo- I think even longer than that three or four actually so to be honest we really need to pay this off soon and and I'm thinking it's going to be with the women's tag team championships with Raquel Gonzalez but we'll see but yeah I'm looking forward to the street fight next week and I'm looking forward to the build for this Tegan Knox v Io Shirai match um, so yeah all in all I, it was a really fun match and I enjoyed it so that's all you can really give me, can you? Um, let me see. Okay, so next we're going to move on to the second match of the Great American Bash. Um, before we take a short break, um, Timothy Thatcher versus Oni Larkin. So obviously, the past few weeks we've had Timothy Thatcher with these um sort of lessons. I'm guessing like lessons on these different grapples and submissions, and um, basically Oni Larkin called him out on Twitter, and this match was made official for. The Great American Bash. And I already knew this was going to be a really good match. And it was, it was always a match I was looking forward to. Um, Timothy Thatcher, amazing in the ring. Only Larkin, an absolute brawler. And putting them together, brilliant, brilliant match this was. And what I loved about this match was that um, Timothy Thatcher used a ton of his grapples and submissions that he used in the lessons in the promo packages. And I really loved that little touch they added into this matchup. Um... But yeah, both these men were like, you know, brawling the whole, like, just continuous bombs to each other, you know, really just, really a really vicious, scrappy match, and I really, really enjoyed this, and um, obviously, it was quite obvious who was going to win this match, I mean, we all love Oni Larkin, but Timothy Thatcher is getting pushed at the moment, and um, he made Oni Larkin tap out to the Fujiwara armbar, and... I feel this match is really just put there to remind everyone that Timothy Thatcher exists. I don't think WWE have anything planned for Timothy Thatcher as of yet. Um, If I was to predict what they were going to do with him next, um, it would be a Bronson Reed match next week because Bronson Reed, um, I think, can't really mind, but I think it's um, two days ago or maybe yesterday. I can't remember exactly when, but he called out um, Timothy Thatcher on Twitter. So we're probably going to get that match in the coming weeks. Um, so yeah, that's probably what's next for Timothy Thatcher. In terms of like going forward though, in the bigger picture here, I feel as though WWE don't have anything planned for him yet. I feel like they're just waiting and waiting until they have the right feud or the right title opportunity for him. Um, if he was going for any title, it would be the North American title. And if Keith Lee does win the champion versus champion, that could be a really, really good match. Keith Lee v Timothy Thatcher. Um, but yeah. We'll see where it goes for him. In terms of Oni Larkin, um, Oni Larkin, he's been in this situation for a while. He's hot brands, UK, NXT, Raw, you know. I don't know what's next for Oni Larkin. I'm sure he'll appear in NXT next week. He might be um, still in the feud with 
the Indus share. So we'll probably get that match soon um, with Danny Birch. So that's probably where it's going to go. Um, if not, um, which I'd be surprised by because they've not had a payoff match for that feud yet. Um, they will, if that's not the case, then they'll go for the NXT tag team titles around that area with Imperium. But yeah, we'll see what happens um, for O'Neill Orkin. I'm presuming he'll go back to tag team action and Timmy Thatcher will fight Bronson Reed. So all in all, this match was really good. It really built Thatcher up as a mega heel. Like at the bit at the end of the match where he literally almost ripped O'Neill Orkin's arm off was pretty scary, not going to lie. And, you know, he's got a very scary look on him anyway. So whatever WWE are doing right now with Timmy Thatcher, they're doing it correctly. And I want them to keep doing this. And I want, them to find a real, I want WWE to find them a really, really good feud or a really good title opportunity. I don't want them to blow Timmy Thatcher because he's really good. They started him off really well off the Matt Riddle story and I really hope we don't screw it up from here. Um, so we'll see what next for Timmy Thatcher. Hopefully it's only good things. And yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward um, to, the, to what's next for Timmy Thatcher. I feel, you know, a North American title run would be perfect for him. So fingers crossed WWE don't screw this up. And we get a really, really, really good monster heel um, in, in Timmy Thatcher. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to what's next for him. Thank you for listening to the UC Wrestling Podcast. Now we're going to be moving forward to the next two matches that happened on the Great American Bash. Um, and the first of these matches included the handicap match between Rhea Ripley um, Aaliyah and Robert Stone um, this match was made official last week by Mr. William Regal and the stipulation for this match was that if Rhea Ripley lost she would have to join the Robert Stone brand and um, what can I start, what, what can I say about this match guys that Robert Stone was A, dressed up as a boxer Robert Stone A sorry, not A, B Robert Stone B was it's actually pretty decent in the ring for some reason but WWE made him as if he was crap and he was a jobber and C the right person won um, so yeah obviously the numbers they had the whole numbers advantage thing with Ali and Robert Stone um, but then obviously that didn't really go for that long you know um, ends of it, Robert Stone and Aaliyah actually were disagreeing about who was going to pin Rhea Ripley when they hit the finishing move and then the argument basically led to Rhea Ripley recovering and then Ray Ripley basically made them both tap out to prison traps, um, ensuring that she wouldn't have to join the Robert Stone brand. So Ray Ripley picked up the victory quite easily here. Um, I feel it was the Robert Stone here, right? He was portrayed as a jobber, which maybe is the correct thing to do, but there was a few moments in this match where he actually did wrestle properly and he was good. And I feel as though WWE can't make him wrestle good, but make him seem like a jobber. It just doesn't really make doesn't really add up to me right there. And they're still making Aaliyah feel like a wimp, somebody who's rolling up people all the time and getting cheap wins. And I don't, I want WWE to move past that. I want Aaliyah to look strong under Robert Stone. But we've just got the complete opposite of that here. We've got Robert Stone looking like a, a junkie who's a jobber. And we've got Aaliyah here who is a wimp um, rolling up people and getting cheap wins. And basically the person who looks most badass out of everyone here is Rhea Ripley who got the win really easily. Um, I just really hope WWE put Robert Stone in the position he was in under Chelsea Green, where he was an actual business businessman. He actually knew what he was doing, and he had some sort of, like, you know, superiority. Um, 
because he was really good on with Chelsea Green, but it seems as though they've written Chelsea Green off TV for a while now, and it looks like he's stuck with Aaliyah, who doesn't really seem that strong at all. So I'm I'm a bit disappointed by this. Um, we had a Rhea Ripley in an interview afterwards talking about moving forward, so I don't really know what's next for Rhea Ripley. We'll, we will see um, next week. Um, but as of this match, we uh, really need to start rebuilding Aaliyah and Robert Stone again because it's not looking good at the moment. Um, if Rhea Ripley did join the Robert Stone brand, maybe I just don't think it really would have worked either. So we really need to fix Robert Stone and this whole Robert Stone brand situation because it's not looking good at the moment. And... If they keep going the way they're going, it's just going to make Robert Stone even more of a jobber and Aaliyah even more of a jobber as well. So it's not going to look good in that effect, you know, is the case. Um, so yeah, not much else to say about this match. I don't. Is this feud going to be continuing? I don't think so. Um, I think this is it really. But no one WWE will add another segment and another match. But we'll see um, in the coming weeks. So overall, this match was a little disappointing. Um, I kind of knew what was going to happen anyway. So yeah, it is what it is, really. Um, we look, we push on to next week. Um, with we were playing the Robert Stone brand. Um, moving on, we are going to be discussing the fir- NXT's first ever strap match between Dexter Lumis and Roderick Strong. I have to say, this was the best match on the card, by a long shot. By a long shot. Um. I've been saying this over the past few weeks. Rob, sorry, not Robert Stone. We're past him. Dexter Loomis and Roderick Strong have basically had the best feud NXT's had probably this year. And I may get called out in that, but I don't know about anyone else. But I am absolutely loving this feud. Dexter Loomis is just the most creepiest man ever, but he's so good. And Roderick Strong, like, oh... The way Roderick Strong plays it is amazing. Absolutely amazing. The way he gets terrified of Dexter Loomis. The way he can't even look at Dexter Loomis. The way he like even str- he has to keep his head down while he wrestles. You know, this, 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 the sheer acting Rod- Roderick Strong does in this feud is insane. And, you know, Dexter Loomis, as we all know, is brilliant. And this match, this strap match, this is probably the perfect feud to do your first ever strap match in. And it was brilliant. And there was actually points in there where Roderick Strong actually, you know, overcomes his fear and he really started hammering in on Dexter Loomis. And that's what I really loved. And we even got to the bit where um, Dexter Loomis dragged Roderick Strong um, out to the the um, the ramp in the Tyantron. And he opened, he tried to open the trunk of the, of the, of the car. Um, we even got that tease. Um, then, Bobby, then, Bobby, then Bobby Fish came out to help and it was... Quite hilarious. Um, Bobby Bobby Fish ran into the ring, and because obviously they're strapped, Roger Strong and uh, Dex Lomas are strapped together. Bobby Fish ran into the the strap, which was quite hilarious. Um, but yeah, um, brilliant match here. Obviously, this ended up in Dex Lomas, um, hitting his submission on um, Strong on Roderick Strong. I still don't know what that um submission is called yet, but we will. I'll figure that out in the near future. Did the right did the right person win here? Yes, I think Dexter Lumis needs to win this feud in the end. But that this I, I don't even really want to touch on that. I want to touch on how good this feud was. Um, I don't think they will. I don't know if they will continue this feud or not. We will find out in the coming weeks. But um, 
I feel like if if we're talking about what's next for Roderick Strong, it'll be you know helping Adam Cole with the champion versus champion match next week. So, um, honestly, this feud has been brilliant. Um, initially, when um, Dexter Loomis actually you know got um, got in the way of the Undisputed Era, I was actually quite confused as to why he was feuding with the Undisputed Era. But this has turned out to be brilliant the way WWE have booked this. Um, and yeah, I mean. As I said before, Dex Loomis, the way he the way he is rolling the feud's perfect, the way Roderick Strong acts in the feud is perfect, and the way Undisputed Era acts in the feud is perfect, and that's what I love about it. The one person that does not fit in this feud whatsoever is the Velveteen Dream, and obviously after the teaser segment last week about him joining Dex Loomis to become a tag team, I was a little scared that he was going to accept, but he didn't. In terms of what's next for Dex Loomis, will we get that him and Velveteen Dream? I'm not too sure if Velveteen Dream did not show up this week, so again, I don't know about that. Um, I'd rather Dexter Lumis and Velveteen Dream did not become a tag team, and I'd rather Dexter Lumis went on his own path in a singles run. Um, but yeah, we will see where that goes next week. But overall, um, if this is the conclusion of this feud, I really enjoyed this feud, and it's probably one of my favourite NXT feuds of all time. Might be pushing the all-time thing, but honestly, just... The way they've booked this and the way both characters are, it's just it just fits. Perfect. Absolutely loved this. Ten out of ten this match. Loved it. Um have to say, best match of the night. Um and it wasn't really just it wasn't really the match quality that made me so happy about this match. It was just 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 the way the feud is, man. Absolutely loved it. So yeah. Overall, really happy with this. And um we will see what's next for Dexter Lumis. Um, I'm hoping maybe not a title run just yet. Maybe a few more feuds. Um, and we'll see where, where it goes from there. Thank you for listening to the UC Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the final segment of the Great American Bash review. And now we're going to be reviewing the main event of the Great American Bash. And then we will be going through the different little segments that happened as well and discussing the matches for next week. So we're going to start off with the main event of this match, not match, um, show, um, which was between Sasha Banks and Io Shirai. And um, this match, as I always expected, would be brilliant. Sasha Banks, really good competitor. Io Shirai is a brilliant wrestler. And yeah, it lived up to what I thought it was going to be. Really, really good match. Really fun match. Um, and yeah, I mean, they basically it got to the point where, you know, Ushirai and Sasha Banks were, you know, giving all they had and then Bailey interfered and by distracting the official, um, but then when Bailey was distracting the official, Oscar came in and even the odds and blinded Sasha Banks with the mist, um, which allowed Ushirai to hit the, the moonsault on Sasha Banks to get the one, two, three, um, the personal thoughts this match, really fun match to watch. Um, I feel an issue with this was because I enjoyed the Dex Lomas and Roderick Strong match so much. I, but when we got to this match, I was still talking, still thinking about that. Um, I was talking to a friend, I was watching this with a friend on a, on a voice call and I literally could not, I was literally talking about the, you know, how good the Dex Lomas and uh, Roderick Strong match was and you know this match was good as well but I feel I just, there just wasn't as much excitement with this but when Oscar appeared the excitement level shot up and um, 
This obviously is um, building to the Banks v Oscar thing at um, Extreme Rules. Um, so um, obviously Oscar cost Banks the match, so it doesn't make Banks look as bad. But at the same time, Io Shirai gets her win and she is the woman of NXT now. So it kind of adds up in a way. Um, it makes Io Shirai look strong for her next challenger in Tegan Knox, But it means we get the progression between Bailey Banks and Oscar for Extreme Rules. So all in all, match was good, story was good, ending was good. Nothing really I can say bad about this match. Um, so yeah, we, we look forward to Eosh Rivey Tegan Knox in the coming weeks, and we look forward to Bangs v Oscar at Extreme Rules. If you want to um, hear more about what my thoughts are on the Bangs and Oscar feud, tune into the Raw review this past month, this past Monday, and um, you will hear my thoughts on that. We're not going to really touch on the Extreme Rules match. Um, so yeah, we are now going to discuss the little segments we got. So obviously. This show was not just for matches, but um, there was also other bits as well. Um, there were no other like unscheduled matches or anything. They were really just segments. So we're going to go through each one. Um, so the first segment I want to touch on is the Damien Priest and Cameron Grimes segment. Um, so following the number one contendership women's match, um, Damien Priest um, had an interview and he basically said... And he wanted another match with Cameron Grimes because obviously last week Cameron Grimes took advantage of injuring Damien Priest um, and won the match then. Damien Priest basically asked um, for a one-on-one -on -one match with Grimes, a fair one-on-one -on -one match. Um, so yeah, that issue, that challenge was issued. But then Cameron Grimes had an uh, interview as well. And Cameron Grimes, obviously being the coward that he is, um, the, said no to this challenge and said that he wanted to move past Damien Priest and um, go after the whoever wins the champion versus champion match. So Cameron Grimes has his sights set on the North American title and the NXT title. I think we all know this is a whole lot of crap and we're going to get Cameron Grimes with Damian Priest. Um, I do not think for a second that Cameron Grimes is going to be facing the winner of the champion versus champion match. Um, so we're probably going to get Grimes v Priest um, next week or maybe in the coming weeks. Um, just in case that is a match for next week, I'm going to predict it right now. Um, Damien Priest is going to win that match because, well, Cameron Grimes has literally just won against Damien Priest. And Priest is the one here who I believe is getting the push. So Priest is going to win this match um, pretty easily, I think. Um, so, yeah. Um, the next segment was um, a brawl backstage. Um, so after the number one contendership women's match, we got the brawl between Candice LeRae and Mia Yim. And um, basically, this is set. This set up a street fight for them next week. And um, yeah, in terms of the street fight, I'm going to say that Candice LeRae will be on top in this one. I feel like Mia Yim. She got oh, Mia Yim got over Candice LeRae at in your house. She got the better of Candice LeRae on the women's number one contendership match um, on the Great American Bash. Um, and I feel like um, in terms of the brawls that, has ha that, that have been happening, I feel like Mia Yim's has got the better of Candice LeRae so far. So I think next week um, we are going to be getting Candice LeRae finally getting our victory over Mia Yim and looking strong. And that is what I want to happen and that is what I think is going to happen. So um, we'll see how that turns out next week. But I feel like it would be really, really stupid if Candice LeRae lost this match next week. So yeah, I think Candice LeRae will beat Mia Yim in the street fight next week.
We also got another tiny segment saying that um, see that Mar- Mercedes Martinez will be uh, returning next week. She's has she has been having these tiny promo packages every week now, hinting her return. So she will be returning next week. So we will see where that goes. Um, when Martinez first signed, um, you could tell that the wrestling ability was there, but you there was no like character with her. So I'm hoping that this repackaging will mean she has a good character now. So, fingers crossed for next week. And um, we're going to be touching on next, we had a Karrion Cross and Scarlet um, segment, and this segment was basically saying that Karrion Cross and Scarlet were going to redefine NXT. Um, and in this promo package, we had Keith Lee and Adam Cole in it. So, I presume this means that Karrion Cross too has his sights set on the winner of the champion versus champion match, um, so we will again see how that leads to how that leads um, at the end of next week. We will be discussing that next week. And the final segment I want to touch on is the cruiserweight championship picture. So, um, Santos Escobar, um, Mendoza, and Joaquin Wells came out to the ring, and basically Escobar basically said he was untouchable. Maverick came out and interrupted him, and um, when Maverick got beat down by all three of them, Breeze Angle came out all of a sudden, and they started attacking them, and this led to an all-out brawl. My thoughts on this are that um, it seems as though they're going to be focusing on Oni Larkin, Danny Birch, and Edu Sher, um, before they go anywhere further with um, the NXT Tag Team titles, um, which makes me believe this even more because Breeze Angle have, you know, enter, got in the way of this Cruiserweight title feud. So I feel like we're holding off on Imperium and NXT Tag Team titles for now. Um, because this there's a, ma- a match was announced for next week. Um, a a six-man tag match between Escobar, Wild, Mendoza, Breeze Angle and Maverick. And the winner of this match is going to be Escobar, Wild and Mendoza because... Uh, I know Maverick um, has, you know, I understand Maverick's not been getting the best of it lately, but I feel, men, you know, Escobar really needs to keep winning, keep keep the momentum up, and he needs to keep looking strong. So that's why I think he's going to win next week. And I believe I have everything um, covered, all the segments covered there. So the last match I have to predict for next week is the whopping champion versus champion match. Between Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Um, there has been a lot of people saying that Keith Lee is going to win and Adam Cole is going to win. And there's a lot of different arguments as to why both should win and both shouldn't win. Um, so I'm basically going to touch on the arguments firstly. So people are saying that Adam Cole, um, because of how long his title reign has been, that he needs to retain because um, he needs to lose it at a takeover. And he needs to lose it in front of a crowd because of how long his reign is and how, you know, special his reign is. Um, but at the same time, people are saying that Keith Lee um, has been built up to be the one to beat Adam Cole. And Keith Lee is the one who is, you know, been 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 built up to become a really good NXT champion. And now that Keith Lee's, Keith Lee's got that opportunity, he should now win. Which I understand as well. Another people are saying that... Um, Cameron Cross has got beef with Keith Lee more than Adam Cole, which means Keith Lee needs to win so that Cameron Cross can face Keith Lee for for one of the titles. 
um, which is another argument. And I just feel as though um, Keith Lee's had this more build-up to becoming the champion than anyone else in the roster. So I kind of think, if I was going to give the edge, I think it would be Keith Lee. Um, because I feel we can't delay this Adam, Adam Cole losing the title for much longer. We don't know how long it's going to be until the crowds come back. and So we're just going to have to pull the trigger, I guess. And this is sort of a mini-pay-per-view as well. And I feel if, if WWE want to contend with Fighter Feast... They're going to have to pull the trigger here. And that's why I think Keith Lee is going to win both titles. What that means for Keith Lee is um, Cameron Grimes will not be in the picture because we've already had that feud. But I feel like Cameron Cross is going to be involved in this. And I feel like Cameron Cross will face Keith Lee for the North American title. And Keith Lee will defend against Adam Cole for the NXT title in the next takeover. So that is basically what I think the match is going to be. I still don't know 100%. If I was going to give the edge, it would be Keith Lee. But I still think Adam McCall could win. So that's that's that, that's what I love about this match. I can't predict it, really. Um, but if I had to give the edge, it would be Keith Lee. But all in all, I am really looking forward to this match. Um, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this um, next week. And I'm looking forward to week two of the Great American Bash. So that is going to conclude... Um, our podcast um, of week one of the Great American Bash. My Great American Bash week one rating would be an 8 out of 10. And um, yeah, that is going to be all from me. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to share. And any support would be absolutely appreciated um, by me and Travis. So we will see you guys um, in the next podcast, the Smackdown Review. Thank you for listening to the UC Wrestling Podcast.